Hi, everyone. I'm Tom Jenkins, Fire Chief with the City of Rogers, Arkansas, and the IAFC President in 2017 to 2018. And I'm Sheldon Gilbert, former Fire Chief of the Alameda County, California Fire Department, and now Chief Executive Officer of Emergency Services Consulting International, or as we like to go by, ESCI. And this is the iChiefs Podcast. If you're searching for new ideas, looking to improve your leadership skills, and wanting to make a difference within your organization, this is the podcast for you. We encourage you to join us as we engage with fire service leaders who discuss the challenges and opportunities facing you and your agency. Well, today is uh, probably going to go down as the most favorite topic of mine that we get to talk about, and that is the app called PulsePoint, one of the best examples of harnessing technology with dispatchable citizen responders and even off-duty emergency responders to make a difference in communities. And as a PulsePoint user myself uh, with the City of Rogers, I know uh, firsthand uh, what it's meant to me personally and what it's meant to the community that I'm sworn to protect. And so we're delighted to talk today about this app called PulsePoint. And of course, I'm always happy to, to do our interrogation and interview with my friend Sheldon Gilbert. Thank you, Chief Jenkins, and it's an honor to be here today. And this is a great topic, and and uh, I know from the from the consulting side of things, as well as when I was a fire chief during the the uh, infant stages of PulsePoint app, it's been it's been quite a great uh, benefit to the fire service, to the communities. A lot of lives are being saved, and we're we're privileged to be joined today by by, by Chief Richard Price, who I had the privilege of working with uh, many moons ago in the uh, Bay Area. Uh, he was a neighboring fire department fire chief, where he actually got the idea and this all came to fruition and uh, uh, Chief Price has always been an advocate for bringing technology and science together all the way back to when he was instrumental in developing some RMS systems with SunPro that now is uh, Zoll RMS and uh, PulsePoint has certainly been uh, on the cutting edge of of making a difference in communities and Chief Price I want to welcome you to to the podcast for the iChiefs podcast and we're excited to hear from you today and um, I, I got to hear the story firsthand many years ago, but I think it'd be great to, to understand now that PulsePoint is being used in thousands of communities across the U.S. and, and even Canada. Uh, for our listeners who might not be familiar with the app and its history, can you tell us how it came to be and how this idea came to be and, and this all happened? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So uh, let me first by saying I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to host me today and appreciate those comments. Um, so. The original concept behind PulsePoint is, is really quite uh, simple. You know, we've been training people in CPR for, you know, 50 or 60 years in this country. We've been placing public access AEDs for, you know, probably at least 30 years. And when you, when you look at CPR instructions, they always start with, um, you know, if you see someone collapse, you know, they talk about the witness to rest. Um, but it's, it's, very likely that somebody who's trained in CPR might not witness that arrest. They might be, you know, on the floor above where that occurs or in the business next door, you know, close enough to make a difference, but, you know, far enough away to be, you know, unaware of that, of that great need. And that's what happened to me. And, um, you know, I was, I was having lunch. I was on the other side of a wall from a cardiac arrest wasn't aware of it until, um, you know, my own crews arrived. You know, I had been listening to that siren, um, then ultimately seeing that, uh, that crew pull up right in front of where I was eating. And it was, um, 
you know, that was a pretty shocking event to, to know that, you know, I'm trained in CPR, have an AED in my car and probably 20 feet away, someone was, you know, unconscious and unresponsive and, you know, I likely could have made a, uh, a difference in that outcome. And it made me think, you know, firefighters, they don't witness an event, you know, they're, they're advised and they respond to an event. And that was the idea behind Pulse Point. That was the thought that I had after, you know, experiencing that, that the, the phones were just becoming location aware, you know, these modern smartphones with, you know, GPS technology and stuff, they knew where they were. And that in combination with the 911 system that, you know, I also was, you know, running in the city uh, that knew where the cardiac arrests were. Uh, and could we alert CPR trained citizens that were near a cardiac arrest victim and get CPR started more often, not just by witness people, but people who were nearby and maybe of higher quality because we would be alerting more people. We would catch a firefighter or a police officer or an off-duty nurse. Uh, and not only advise these people of, the, of that need for CPR, but also to let them know where nearby AEDs were. Uh, because that was also something we were doing. We were placing AEDs in the community, but many times they weren't used. Uh, we had a very high-profile event where there was a cardiac arrest in the council chambers, and they didn't use the AED that was in the council chambers. Um, so it was those two things we were, we were trying to, to do. That was 10 years ago. We've activated 400,000 people, more than 400,000 people now, to CPR um, needed events. And Pulse Point today processes more than 600 cardiac arrests every day. So we've come a long way. That is amazing. That is awesome. That is really, really great. Well, one of the uh, one of the things that I think has been neat about Pulse Point is the pivot that has gone on. That it started as a citizen response app. I know when we got it in my community, that was our target. We were trying to move the needle on um, sudden cardiac arrest, uh, out of hospital survival, and um, it started as a it was a citizen app. We kind of grew up uh, with Pulse Point, uh, you know, kind of in a, on a municipal side. And I remember thinking probably in 2016 or 2017 that it was a shame that there was no way to get this to activate in residential settings, that Pulse Point, the Pulse Point Respond app is just for public settings. And at least in Rogers, 90 percent of the time that we're knocked out for a cardiac arrest, that's a course in somebody's home. Um, and it was unfortunate. And one of the things I've always admired about Pulse Point is that they're, they're, you're riding the wave. You're paying attention to this stuff. And so you came up with Verified Responder. Uh, where where uh, those folks that are trained and confident in their skills, you kind of named some earlier, that could be off-duty firefighters, that could be cops or healthcare providers, that that for those people that the agency authorizes, that, that now Pulse Point kind of has those two tiers of activation, and even more than that within the verified responder program itself. I know at my own department, we've seen activations of our off-duty firefighters to be very effective. And I, I, this, was, this will sound like a lie, but it is not. I texted Rich last night. I was activated as a verified responder for a cardiac arrest yesterday, uh, picking my kid up from a, a basketball tryout. And so, you know, it works. It, it harnesses uh, off-duty responders that are confident and, 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 in my case, have an AED at my house and in my vehicle. And so with Rich, with Verified Responder and now with Verified Responder Pro being part of the menu that PulsePoint has, are you, are you seeing a lot of fire departments adding this feature? Are you seeing obstacles that you still have yet to overcome? Kind of what's the lay of the land? 
Well, I think you guys will appreciate this as, as fire chiefs. If, if we go back to sort of the start of, of Pulse Point, um, so I had this idea and, and ended up, um, you know, bringing all the players together to actually, you know, build this app inside of a fire department, partnering with the university. And, you know, we don't have, uh, you know, too many um, app developers on staff in a fire department. So, you know, bringing all these pieces together and in um, prototyping this to see, you know, was this possible? Um, it, uh, I then had to go to the elected officials, go to all my bosses. I work in a district. So I had several city councils and, and uh, elected officials to deal with and give them this idea that, you know, we want to dispatch citizens to, you know, major medical emergencies with, you know, unconscious patients. This is a pretty radical idea. Um, and so public places were thought to be a safe environment to, to test the concept. And even though we knew that the majority of cardiac arrests were in homes, um, it was more complex to send a citizen to somebody's home. Um, and so this idea was we would, we would begin in public places and where AEDs were and where people were around other people. So these were, you know, uh, you know in a mall or, you know, in a school or, or everything. So we always knew that we would be, you know, heading into homes because that's where the, the, uh, the cardiac arrest numbers were. But this idea of, you know, tying the 911 system to the phones and, and, and things was, was going to be worked out in a, in a safer public setting. So verified responder was kind of on the horizon. It had always been a point on the horizon. But uh, probably three years ago or something, we decided that we would, um, you know, move into residential response, but we would do that with our with uh, with verified responders so the the original app and the public app we have today uses citizens who just opt in as cpr trained citizens are activated in public places but um, verified responders really adds two additional capabilities to pulse point and the first one and the big one is being residential responses so vrs uh, are agency vetted individuals and they're alerted to all cardiac arrests including, you know, private homes, you know, not just the business next door, but, you know, your neighbor across the street. Uh, and the second capability addressed with, you know, you mentioned uh, VR Pro, um, really addressed the need to eliminate the restrictions that were placed on the public app uh, when, it's, when it's known to be in the hands of a professional. You know, so for example, you know, we don't show all incident types in the app, you know, uh, incident types that are sensitive or dangerous, maybe, uh, a SWAT activation or something not shown in the app. We don't show the full addresses of medical calls in the app unless you're activated to go to a CPR needed emergency. Um, in the public app, we'll show just medical emergency, but in the professional version, we'll show the full incident type description. We allow routing to you know all call types. Um, we um, have additional notification types. There's, so there's professional features in the in the VR Pro, because we learned that you know firefighters and EMS personnel were, were using the app on duty and and uh, and even off duty needed additional information. So so just to kind of clarify the two that you mentioned, verified responder is just kind of a public app that also allows for residential activation for vetted individuals, and the Pro app does residential activation as well, but unlocks all these restrictions that are placed on the other two versions. 
And the reason verified responder is so important, um, you know, it just gets back to, you know, cardiac arrest occurring in the home. So we started a pilot program about uh, three years ago with uh, five IAFF agencies. And, and so over the past several years, we've learned that residential response, you know, using, um, you know, in this case, off-duty firefighters, very, very practical. Um, and, you know, we took a careful approach again by using professional firefighters who were, you know, street smart, situa- situationally aware, you know, employees that could tell us exactly what happens when you show up on someone's porch in street clothes after they call 911. Um, so this, that our initial research was done by, you know, King County EMS up, up in Seattle, and we learned that, you know, residential response is, is very, very practical. And the experience that those firefighters had, you know, we weren't sure, you know, what was going to happen when you knocked on someone's door after they, they called 911, you know, maybe with an AED in your hand and a T-shirt. Um, what would be the reaction to that? How would they be greeted? Would they have a good experience um, in doing that? And, you know, like when we started in the beginning, we weren't exactly sure how that would go. But now, you know, more than nearly three years, I think, into that study, it's been overwhelmingly positive. So today we're developing several residential strategies that involve community members using our VR version. Um, and, you know, we really think that residential response um, is, is going to make a huge difference if we can get the numbers up. So with the pilot, what we found is, yeah, it works great, but you have to have greater numbers because we would, we would miss residential responses when we didn't have somebody right in that, uh, right in that neighborhood. So I, I don't know, Chief, I know that you're thinking about putting some of those residential models um, you know, in place, maybe in Rogers. So before I kind of maybe talk about those models, maybe I'll, I'll turn that back to you to, to maybe talk about what you guys are thinking about doing. Absolutely. And I, I thanks for doing that. This is a, this is a subject I'm, I'm passionate about. Um, and I'm, I must admit in full disclosure that when VR first came to Rogers and we, we kind of piloted, you know, that, that idea uh, within our organizations, I was kind of lukewarm to it. And I was the first uh, VR activation. I talked about having one yesterday, but I, uh, when we first uh, implemented it, it went off in my neighborhood for a 10-month-old that was choking. You know, a similar story to yours on how you came up with the Pulse Point Respond, the public app, except mine, it was in a residence. And I was working in the backyard. I would have been absolutely clueless. I was off duty on a weekend. And uh, while it sounds more dramatic than it ended up being, it, it very well could have been something more dramatic where it was really good. A trained professional showed up. And now what we're trying to do in Rogers through the help of uh, Pulse Point um, and the foundation there is we want to kind of put this whole idea on steroids that when you look at a lot of neighborhoods, um, you know, there's a lot of healthcare professionals and folks that are certified and they're capable and they're confident in their ability, and we're we're trying to engage right now with our healthcare systems. We have two primary healthcare systems in the in the area, and we, we want to find out a way that we can put uh, defibrillators, put AEDs into the hands of these healthcare workers, and give them uh, the, the the Pulse Point uh, VR verified responder app, making them equipped, making them trained, making them most importantly dispatchable. And uh, I, and I think you know that's where that, that there's just a lot of potential here 
to address, you know, I mentioned earlier, 90% of our cardiac arrests in this city, and I know that's true across the country, occur in residential settings. When we, when we make people equipped and trained and confident and dispatchable, uh, we're going to really make a, a big dent, I think, uh, starting small right here in Rogers, 70,000 people. So I'm, I'm excited for it here. Yeah, so, Chief, I think you're talking about like a hospital model where, you know, the, the nurses, the docs, the, the staff of the hospital take AEDs home. And, and, and I love that term, you know, the, they become those AEDs become dispatchable in their, you know, in, in their from their homes, you know, in their in their communities. But you think about, you know, hospitals might be a model gated communities are, are another good example of that, where if you have security, maybe that's, you know, on duty 24 hours with an AED in their vehicle and just making that AED that 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 you know, security person or that gate staff is, is carrying an AD, make that AED dispatchable. Um, you know, you could, you could duplicate that model in, you know, municipal, you know, government organizations where like the city of Seattle is, you know, talking about, you know, they've trained all their city staff and the city staff that they were issued AEDs could take those home into their neighborhoods, or you could have trained community members that just come forward. These are maybe like cert, um, type people who are saying, look, I'll, I'll buy an AED or get a subsidized AED or be issued an AED. I'll have it in my home and I'll protect the 50 homes, you know, around me. Um, there's opportunities with FirstNet where, you know, we know that um, FirstNet personnel are public safety personnel and, you know, maybe they become um, verified responders automatically as being part of that network. There's just these, all these ideas that are new to get AEDs and get CPR trained individuals who are willing to participate from their homes responding to their neighbors. And it's something that we're the most excited about right now is this move into residential settings with, um, you know, with trained personnel. Yeah, uh, Chief, that, that's really important. And, and I think with the ability to decentralize response to cardiac arrest, like, like this app has allowed us to do uh, both from the general public now to verified responders and then verified responders pro with differing tiers of information, uh, intuitively makes complete sense. And everybody knows that, man, this, this is the way to do it. This is the, this is the way to save lives against cardiac arrest. And um, one of the things that I think helps fire chiefs, helps all of us be able to, to sell this concept and get it uh, up and running in our community is, is good data. And, uh, and I was reading that the, uh, the, the CARES um, registry, the Cardiac Arrest Registry to Enhance Survival, which is the largest registry in the United States, they recently uh, released some information that uh, over a period of, of a couple of years, Pulse Point communities uh, had higher survival rates in all categories than, than non-Pulse Point communities. And I wanted to maybe get your thoughts on the ability to collect data, aggregate data, measure the outcomes, measure the effectiveness of the system, and perhaps how it can even be enhanced in the future. How how is that going to help Pulse Point spread and, and become a, a standard of care in all communities? Yeah, I think if you, you know, you look at the, the idea, um, you know, sort of the promise of Pulse Point is um, we know that you've got this extremely uh, small window of opportunity that you can make a difference with, with cardiac arrest um, victims, you know, after, you know, probably four to six minutes, you start having brain damage after 10 minutes, there's probably no chance of survival. And we know that, um, you know, improving response times, it's, it's tough, it's expensive. And getting, you know, crews at a patient's side in four to six minutes, it, it's, um, 
it's extremely, that's an extremely high standard. And it's why most people don't survive cardiac arrest and, and why we've turned to, to the community to, to help us here, to, to start CPR or, or use an AED and, and just sustain life until we can get crews on scene. Because we, our crews are highly capable, and if, if they can, um, you know, do their job, get people to the hospital um, alive, the hospitals with cardiac arrest victims can do amazing things now. Um, but we start in such a hole when CPR is not started that, um, you know, it's, which we really can't help the majority of, of our citizens that have cardiac arrest. So the two things that we've really been focused on and, and are really getting CPR started sooner, getting higher quality CPR started, and hopefully getting those AEDs, um, you know, out of the cabinets, onto the patient's chest. And what the CARES report measured um, is it looked at pulse point agencies in 2018 and 2019 um, and, and compared them to uh, Report So these are all reporting agencies, all agencies that report to CARES. It just compared the pulse point communities against the non-pulse point communities. And that comparison showed that um, the pulse point communities um, perform better in, in all the indicated CARES performance measures. So things like CPR, CPR rates, bystander CPR rates, or CPR being started before the crews arrived was higher in the pulse point communities. The pulse point AED use was higher. And and I think not surprisingly, when you see CPR rates higher and AED use rates higher, that survival rates were higher as well. And this was a lot of data. So this was like 350 pulse point agencies, um, you know, nearly 30,000 cardiac arrests just in uh, 2019 alone. So, um, so you can go to the CARES website and, and sort of read all the, the fine details uh, of the report. Um, but we would just really encourage people. I mean, since we're talking about, about CARES, is if, you're, if your agency is not reporting to CARES or your state's not reporting to CARES, just I strongly recommend that, uh, you know, you look into that. You, know, you just can't improve what you're not measuring. CARES registry is the gold standard in the United States. And so um, we just encourage everybody to, if you're not using CARES, it's something that um, you do really need to be considering. Well, nobody debates the impact that pulse point, whether it's pulse point respond in public settings, pulse point VR, VR pro in the residential settings, nobody debates the impact that it has on cardiac arrest survivability, bystander CPR. We've seen it in my own agency and that's one of the reasons I'm a you know such a legitimate disciple of pulse point and what it does. But um, even though that was the reason we obtained pulse point and bought it many years ago now, the, uh, the the real benefit to the app is citizen engagement on a much larger scale. Um, in 2000, probably 18, Rich, you may remember, I had to reach out to you because it was the first time I was ever feel fearful for my job. We had a computer-aided dispatch interface go down yeah, that, that fed PulsePoint the data that it uses to do its thing. And PulsePoint, of course, publishes the last 24 hours of uh, emergencies that your fire department has been on for us. We put our radio audio on there. So our citizens, it's like, you know, 50 years ago, people might listen to scanners and stuff. Well, they can do it online now. 
And when that CAD interface was down, it was the only time I was worried about my job because our elected officials, our community, they, they, they love PulsePoint. They use it um, as much to find out what we're doing as they do anything else. And so have you seen, I mean, is that a unique experience for, for me and to some of the other fire chiefs I know that have PulsePoint and have you know, shared that? Is that, is that, is that kind of PulsePoint popularity uh, common uh, that it's, you know, it's almost transitioned now to more of a, uh, an informative app for your average citizen to find out what its, you know, local government, its local emergency responders are doing. What have you seen, Rich? I, you know, just as you tell that story, I kind of remember that story. That was probably the first time we met, you know, during the conversations over that. And I still hear that story, and I wonder if you were being dramatic back then. I remember saying, I, I got this fire chief that says he's worried for his job. we got to get this, you know, we got to help them get this interface back up. And um, so, I don't know, Sheldon, do you think he's just being dramatic there, or is he serious when he says that? He's never dramatic. It's not in him. <laughs> hey, as a fire chief, I've always seen the the value of, of an informed community. Um, you know, especially during that initial period when there, you know, isn't a, an information officer, you're not, you know, you're, you're not putting things out on social media, you know, people smell smoke, they hear sirens. And, you know, it, it's not just that, if, that they wonder what's going on, but they wonder, you know, I mean, I live on the West Coast. I mean, these people are wondering, do they need to prepare? Do they need to evacuate? Do they need to deal with their livestock? Um, you know, PulsePoint provides them with this early and automatic heads up that doesn't require any department staff to prepare a message or contact the media. It's just early information that's not available, you know, by any other means. Um, you know, during, during the recent firestorms um, out here, you know, Pulse Point really did prove invaluable in, in letting people know what was going on when the agencies were extremely busy and before those, you know, formal media channels, you know, could get established. And, you know, even during more routine time, the community is using the app to learn where traffic accidents are occurring or why their power's out. And, and this daily usefulness of the app is just an important aspect of, of building the network needed to engage the public when, when needed for CPR, um, you know, or to effectively communicate with large enough numbers when you want to, you know, message evacuation routes or shelter locations or road closures. You, you want a lot of people in your community carrying the app um, so that, you know, that messaging is even possible. So it's a very important component in, in all our implementations. And, and, you know, I think even like what you say, Chief uh, uh, Jenkins, that in some instances, it's even the primary reason why agencies are, are deploying PulsePoint today. You know, we see out here, uh, you know, there are, are kind of the have and have not agencies during these firestorms where, you know, we have gaps in coverage and people are saying, hey, I, I, don't, I don't see my community in, in the app and, you know, there's smoke filling our town and, you know, are the fires close and, you know, they're reaching out to our support and, um, you know, for a public safety agency, having a strong relationship with members of the community is today, I think, more important than ever, you know, with what we see going on. And I think traditionally fire and EMS agencies have done a good job with this. And PulsePoint just provides an opportunity to strengthen that bond in, in a meaningful and, and mutual way that, that it's, it's unique and it's valued and it's authentic. Um, when it comes to cardiac arrest uh, and bystander response, we, we know we need an engaged community. And when something is significant happening near us or 
potentially threatening our family's well-being. We want timely information to protect them. Um, and I think that's a recipe for a partnership that works and, and is sustainable. Um, you know, I just saw an article yesterday or, uh, that talked about mutual aid crews out here. So we have all these fires on the West Coast. The mutual aid crews are coming in unfamiliar with the, you know, with the terrain, with the city, with the streets. And they're, you know, those, those mutual aid companies are coming in using Pulse Point, you know, to get to the incident. So, um, you know, like, like technology in a lot, of, a lot of cases, you're not sure exactly how it's going to be used. It, it finds its ways to be useful. And, you know, so, um, you know, when talking to those crews, it's, it's just not uncommon for mutual aid crews, you know, when they drive off the maps of their MDCs uh, that are, you know, extremely good, maybe in their own communities, but, you know, when they're doing mutual aid, you know, they, they lose the opportunity to, uh, you know, to have that insightful full map information. So I, I hear what you're saying. It's a big part of what we do. I think we're less known for that. We're known sort of as the CPR response app, but um, probably 50% of our efforts are around informing a community um, and 50% around engaging the community. So it is a big part of what we do, even though, you know, that's not, um, you know, sometimes the first things people think about when they think about Pulse Point. Just out of curiosity, Chief, did you see any increase in usage of the app or downloads of the app with all these fires going on on the West Coast? Did you see anything like that? We, we always do. So um, just uh, in, the, in the past few weeks, um, you know, Pulse Point averages probably three, 4,000 downloads a day. Um, which, you know, is, uh, I mean, those, those are, you know, transactional downloads. Those are people connecting to our network and, and being transactional to, to get our data. But during the fires, they're 35, 40,000 a day. Uh, so we know that informed usage is, is extremely, you know, high. It's a very important aspect of, you know, why people use the app. That pushed PulsePoint to the number one app um, in, in the category. Um, during those times. So, you know, with the millions of apps in the App Store, when you're the number one health app, the number one medical app in the App Store, um, you know, you know people are turning to you and they're, they're appreciative of their communities that are offering that service. That's amazing. And that's, that's powerful that you have the ability to, to download and, and distribute information, critical information, in a timely manner to that many people through their, through their smartphone. And that's a great segue to the, to the last question that we, we had for you today, Chief. Is that is that um, not only do you push out a lot of information, but there's a lot of information that remains in the, uh, in the dispatch database. And, and we understand that you've worked with several dispatch software companies in partnering with PulsePoint to make dispatchers aware of AED locations so that 911 callers might be able to take advantage of them if they're not on the app or if they're not near the app or, or whatever the case may be during their MPDS process, they can, they can advise folks where, where to go if there's a, a defibrillator close. So how is that effort going and, and do you see that continuing to expand and, and, and getting a lot of traction? Yeah, this is an effort that in many ways I'm, I'm most excited about because it's so simple and it, it makes so much sense. You know, when somebody calls 911 in many dispatch centers, um, the dispatcher will ask, you know, is there an AED nearby? You know, somebody's calling in saying, you know, somebody's on the ground, they're unconscious. The dispatcher will ask, is there an AED nearby? And so that the dispatcher doesn't know if there's an AED nearby. And usually the person they're asking, they're not aware if there's an AED nearby, you know, either. Um, and the Pulse Point Registry was designed from the ground up to put AEDs in motion during a cardiac arrest. There's, there's lots of reasons for AED registries. You know, most are 
regulatory with like no practical value or they're service oriented, which is certainly very important, but um, it doesn't help if the AED, you know, remains in the cabinet during an emergency. Um, you know, Pulse Point is a 501c3 and provides all aspects of the registry at no cost. The apps are free, the registry is free, the APIs or interfaces that you mentioned are free to, you know, to anybody who has a reason to know where these AEDs are. I mean, you can go into the App Store right now, download PulsePoint AED, and start building your registry. You know, if your center uses Paramount, ProQA, you can connect those AEDs, make those locations available to your dispatchers, you know, this week. Those product integrations, those hooks, they're there, and they're, they're free. There's no reason today to ask callers if there's an AED nearby. Your dispatcher should be informing them of nearby devices. Um, and you can also just point your browser to aed.new. Um, that's a site we have, and you can enter an AED if, if that's easier. You know, it's a very simple to remember uh, website. Um, and we're also seeing more agencies collect um, co-located resources, you know, like Narcan or bleeding control kits or EpiPens that are also stored with these AEDs. So you can record and manage those resources um, as well in the, in the Pulse Point registry. Well, the portfolio that Pulse Point has is impressive. From Pulse Point Respond, the AED database, VR, VR Pro, uh, it's certainly an app, and, and it's, a, it's a worthwhile foundation that's managing it uh, under your leadership. And, and I love how grassroots and organic it is for our business. Now, I like to think that every fire chief's kind of like me, and they're, they're, they're in on it. I know, you know you're, you're, in, you're in the 30% of, of the population, so millions of people are protected with Pulse Point, may not even know it. But for those fire chiefs out there who maybe are just a little allergic to technology and apps and and that sort of thing, or maybe just, are, you know, they're new and maybe they, they, they don't know a lot about it. What's kind of a short little elevator speech or you know, what would you tell them, Chief Price, in order to educate them and get them to go to, you know, the Pulse Point website and learn a little bit more and consider, you know, improving uh, engagement and protection for their community? What, what do you have to say to them? Um, I, I think with, uh, I would say, I would just encourage them to just download the apps and, and check them out. You know, download, respond, you know, go to the app store, go to Google Play, just search Pulse Point, download the respond app, follow a few agencies and see how it works. You know, follow Washington, D.C. or Los Angeles or um, something in between, Madison, Wisconsin, um, and, and just, just see it. You know, you'll see it in action. Um, and definitely talk to your peers in Pulse Point connected agencies. You know, they all have stories and experiences with the app and certainly with you, we've, we've seen that today, right? Um, and so talk, talk to people who are using it every day and, and, uh, uh, and, and just hear their stories and, and what feedback they're getting from the community. And with Pulse Point AED, just download it, add one AED, find an AED in City Hall or in the community center and just, just have that experience of, of adding an app um, and see the experience that, that that the app offers. And, you know, just like that, your registry will be started. Um, visit PulsePoint.org and just never hesitate uh, to reach out to us. Well, Chief Price, um, it's been fantastic to visit with you today. I know I speak for Sheldon and, and certainly myself. Uh, we got a lot of fire chiefs that listen to these podcasts, and I, I have no doubt that uh, we'll reach some folks that may not have been aware about what PulsePoint does 
um, they'll be more educated now. So uh, we would encourage our listeners to, to go to PulsePoint.org, learn more about it, download the app since it's free. Uh, Chief Price, you're a wonderful guest. Thanks for being with us today. It's no doubt why uh, Chief Price was chosen to be uh, part of the general session back in 2017 at FRI when we were in Charlotte. It's also no surprise why Chief Price uh, was recently the recipient of a president's award, an IASC presidential award from uh, then-president uh, Fire Chief Gary Ludwig. So you're a rock star in our business, and you continue to contribute. We appreciate you being here today. Thanks to all of you for downloading our podcast and listening. We'll look forward to catching you next time. I hope you enjoyed learning about Pulse Point today. To learn more, join us for an IASC webinar on PulsePoint happening October 29th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for joining us for this iChiefs podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or Spotify, where you can subscribe and be sure to never miss a show. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate you rating us on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you all next month.